0: If you'd like to turn in your Bibles, please to Second Timothy uh, <coughs> chapter one. This evening's message isn't going to be quite as in depth as th- this morning's uh, message, but we're going to be following on from what was what, what we were thinking about this morning. This morning we were looking at Second Timothy uh, chapter one verses one to seven, and we were thinking about this young man Timothy, this uh, young Christian who God had called to lead in the church, and uh, some of the things about his background. That had given them a really good foundation. He'd really been blessed in many ways. Firstly, Timothy had a godly family. We were thinking this morning that his grandmother, Lois, and his mother, eh, Eunice, had both uh, become Christians. And that uh, Timothy too had become a Christian. And we're thinking particularly today, uh, being Mother's Day, just the blessing that it is to have women of faith in our, in our lives. And uh, Timothy certainly was doubly blessed. And they had his mother and his grandmother both in the home who had come to faith and shared their faith with him. So the a godly family. <coughs> Timothy also had a, a good friend. He had a friend in Paul. Paul not only brought people to faith, but Paul also was a great encourager to the new Christians. And we were thinking about the terms this morning, the family type terms that Paul was using in the first few verses. He referred to Timothy as my dear son. And elsewhere, he talks about in the Corinthians. He talks about Timothy, my son, whom I love. Just such an affectionate relationship. And we're talking about how uh, Paul really, because he was the person who was uh, God had entrusted with the gospel and given the privilege of sharing with these people in the hometown of Lystra, where Timothy and his family were from. In many, in, in a real sense, Paul would be seen as a spiritual father. A sp- just a special relationship. Um, and he he thought of the people in the church so affectionately as his children so to speak people he really cared about but he was also as well as all of that family relationship he was a good friend he didn't just leave Timothy to the work there's Paul sitting over there in prison in chains as he would often refer to himself and not in the best of circumstances but here he's penning this letter to this young man Timothy some distance away because he's thinking about him because he's a good friend he's a godly friend and he says he, he was praying constantly for Timothy and that he was longing to see him again so he could be filled with joy. Just that really warm uh, relationship he had. And that, of course the, the best thing a friend can do, a godly friend can do for us is pray for us. And we we're thinking about it this morning. Certainly, Timothy was, when he made that step of faith in Jesus, he also received a gift from God. And uh, although we're not told particularly what that gift was, we, we were talking this morning about how every Christian... Has been given the Holy Spirit as the seal of God's presence in our life, and that He provides the strength for whatever He would call us to. If God calls us to something, He'll also equip us by His Spirit. Well, we're also thinking that God gives gifts to His people. That's a promise of His Word. So when we trust in Christ, there's a there's an overflow of the Holy Spirit, and God has particular uh, gifts for each one of us. But the challenge for Timothy and, and just the the, the close uh, six and seven verses six and seven there was not to neglect the gift that he'd been given. And Paul says, fan into flame the gifts of God, verse 6, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So there's a charge coming now to Timothy. Okay, you've had a good start, he's saying. You've got a godly family, remember that. That's been a great blessing to you. And I'm praying for you. I'm I'm bringing you before the Lord. And that should have been a great encouragement to Timothy, to know that Paul was praying to God on his behalf. But he's saying, now Timothy, son, you need to pick up the mantle yourself. You can't afford to shrink back and be discouraged. You need to, you're out there, and you're you're God's man in the position he's put you in. And you need to use the gifts that you've been given. And there's a suggestion in there that Timothy was shrinking back in some way, was fearful in some way, of what God had called him to do. And that Paul was saying, come on, you need to move on with the Lord he'll give you the strength so that was the, this morning we move into verses 8 to 14 which we'll just read Paul says so, so do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done but because of his own purpose and grace This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Isn't that wonderful? We pray God will bless uh, his word to us this evening. So firstly, in, in verse 8 there, Paul Moves away from the first seven verses where we're focusing on Timothy and the blessings that had been poured out into his particular life, and now he gives a challenge to, to Timothy. He says, "Do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord." You know, it would have been a fearful thing to speak out for Jesus in the time that Timothy was living, the time that Paul was living. You know, t- Paul himself was in prison, and in fear of. There was a high possibility of death and ultimately a lot of Christians in that uh, day ended up being killed for their faith. And that's not, although it's happening today in our world, you wouldn't exactly say in Scotland that we were facing that kind of opposition just yet. It was a really, really uh, fearful thing at this point in time to talk about Jesus, even just to mention him, was so controversial. But to actually preach about him and say that this Jesus, whom you crucified... As both Lord and Christ. Remember the reaction the disciples got when they started saying that? They were thrown into prison. They were flogged. Look at Paul, the suffering he went through. Stoned and and flogged. Beaten. Taken to prison. It would have been really easy, I mean in that circumstance, wouldn't it be easy for young Timothy Timothy to say, right, okay, I think I could be doing something better with my time. Because if I step out and do what God has called me to do, it's really going to be painful now if we really thought today that if we walked out in Moody's and started to speak people about Jesus that we, would, we could end up in prison that would be a slightly different challenge than we might be facing right this moment in time what we might be facing at this moment in time is people might laugh in our face and tell us that they don't agree with us tell us that that's for us and not for them but, but in this situation here they really were in a, in a very difficult um, position So you can see there in the previous verses where uh, Paul had said in in verse 7 that God didn't give us a spirit of timidity but of power, of love and and of self-discipline. He's saying, Timothy, don't you worry about what the world has out there. You don't need to be afraid of that because God's given you the power of his spirit within you and you can cope with whatever's going to come at you through his help and his strength. So Paul's challenging Timothy, keep on speaking, don't be ashamed. When you step out there, don't be ashamed, don't shrink back from talking about Jesus just because you're going to face opposition. And God had given Timothy, remember, a gift and a calling to do this, to serve him. So what's the application to us today? Well, every Christian is called to be a witness for Christ. Every Christian is called to be a witness for Christ and... The, the application today would be what opportunities have, have, has God given to each one of us to step out and share with people? Often it might just be a one to one conversation that comes up. This happened to me over the last week. Somebody in the workplace, they were just chatting about religion. And somebody asked me, Graeme you're awful quiet, what do you think? <laughs> and I just had to express carefully what my faith was. And I, I was asked if I was one thing or another thing. And I said, well, I would say I was a Christian. And then I was challenged about, what did that mean? But it's one that we need to seek wisdom from the Lord, but it's also quite a controversial thing in our day and age as well. It still is, isn't it? Because when the subject of... They often say, you know, when things come up, let's not talk about politics or religion or something else. <laughs> and it always becomes very... Rah. <laughs> and you find that in the workplace, you find it in communities and things like that. But then when you're asked, though, oh, you, con- you need to confess Christ. You can't just hide it away, it's wrong to do that And that's the challenge for each one of us Is that even though it's difficult and we don't know what the response is going to be When somebody actually gets to the point and asks us what we believe We do need to to share that And God will will bless that as well He's given us all opportunities And we might say, well God's not given me an opportunity like that But I would say God has given us an opportunity And just maybe sometimes we need to take it or maybe even pray for opportunities. That's a frightening thing to pray for, isn't it? I know Eileen does that, she's well. I mean, but I know like, somebody like Eileen would do that. You'll not mind me saying that. But go out and pray. Because I know Alex shared it from the platform here. Eileen would often do that. Lord, send somebody for me to speak to. And invariably, I'm sure that happens. Invariably, I'm sure that happens. I know that Lorena got to know Nancy from bus. The bus travel. Now, if Lorena hadn't shared about her faith in Nancy would never have known what the truth was and would never have ended up down here at the church. That was in a, a public place with a, with a stranger. So it's not easy to share your faith, but God will give us the strength. The important thing is that we're not ashamed to speak out. We do need to be able to feel as if we can do that. And in fact, we're told to do that. So Paul also says, as well as saying, don't be ashamed about, to testify about the Lord, he also says, don't be ashamed of me because I'm a prisoner that would have been a shameful thing it is a shameful thing nowadays isn't it you know people are discredited when they're in prison aren't they and you hear stories about that and people's names are marred because of they've been into prison very much so in this case as well and in fact many of the believers the Christian believers had deserted Paul when he was thrown into prison it says in Second uh, Timothy chapter 2 the next chapter verse 15 you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me including Fidulus and Herm- Hermogenes, the great names. <laughs> um, so Paul had actually experienced lots of uh, the believers of the, church, uh, the church just running, deserting them totally. Doesn't that remind you of the when Jesus himself was brought into the, uh, Jerusalem to be uh, crucified there and just all the disciples just ran? It was, a fear, it was a fearful thing to be associated with so them and they were ashamed possibly and a number of different things and they fled. And there's Paul eh, suffering there and feeling like he's, well he has actually been deserted by many of his brothers and sisters in Christ. So in the first seven verses Paul was really encouraging Timothy. I really feel as if, if, I, if we put ourselves in Timothy's shoes in the first seven verses it was such an encouraging set of verses for him. You've seen. Remember the great upbringing you've had. You're a great blessing. God's given you a gift. All of these things, and I pray for you constantly, day and night. Even while I'm in prison, I'm praying for you. It's all dead positive, and coming from Paul to Timothy. But now he says, he says, "But don't be ashamed of me." And it obviously, matters to Paul what Timothy, how how Timothy values him, because we encourage each other. We're talking about that this morning, how important it is as believers to encourage each other. And there's Paul there. He needs the encouragement of his fellow believers as well. He's not a one-man army. He's not a lone ranger. He needs his brothers and sisters too, to show that they're with him, to pray for him. You'll often hear in Paul's letters, remember my chains or pray for me, eh, that I'll preach boldly as always like I should, and even saying that when he's in prison. He's asking for prayer and he's asking for people To to really think about him And remember him in prayer Then you notice the second half of verse 8 He says but join with me Join with me In suffering for the gospel By the power of God That's quite a a statement isn't it So he's saying "Here here I am I've been through an awful lot of things For the Lord it's been difficult It's still really difficult And he's saying to young Timothy But join me In suffering for the gospel. I mean there is a, a very real sense that. There's no way to uh, avoid suffering as, p- as part of sharing the gospel. Because we're following in, in Christ's example aren't we? And Christ went through such great suffering for us. In order for us to find out the way of salvation. And Jesus said to his disciples. When you go out into that world you're going to have trouble. But take heart he said I've overcome the world. He actually said I guarantee you that it will not be easy. You'll get into the world and they will they will hate you. They will react to you. Some of you will be thrown into prison. But he told them as well to take heart because he would never leave them. Jesus said, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And when you come into the prison into, before the courts and you don't know what to say, don't worry, because the Holy Spirit will give you the words. And I think that's that's a really important encouragement for us to remember that this this sharing that we're talking about of the gospel is going to come with its trials and difficulties. But we need to be encouraged that God is with us in the midst of that that's what he's saying there but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God he's saying the power of God's there in fact the power of God's going to be evident right in the middle of the the most difficult of circumstances do you think Paul's a testimony to that? Paul's there in the most difficult of circumstances but he's demonstrating the power of God in his life The very fact that he's able to pray for other people. The very fact that his mind is able to be compassionate for others and and to move in spiritual things while he's in such difficult circumstances. Is that not evidence? God's power just flowing through his life, giving him tremendous strength. So Timothy had had to realise for himself that this wasn't going to be easy, that he will face opposition when he shares the gospel, but he he also can't um, shrink back from the possibility of suffering. It's something he's going to have to be aware of. Now Paul's Paul's not saying, do this and it's going to be easy. Isn't he not? I mean, he's making it very clear. He's actually saying, when you do this, when you testify of the Lord, it's going to be suffering for the gospel. Timothy was young, he was weak in many ways, but the important thing was he had the power of God inside him. The Holy Spirit of God. And by the power of God, he would be enabled to serve him. So what's... We're thinking about that word uh, ashamed, not being ashamed of the gospel or of Christ. So maybe three different ways that we might be ashamed as a Christian. Like three different ways. First way we might be ashamed, might be ashamed to talk about the name of Jesus. Even in our society today, isn't it? Can be a, It's a word that's used as a swear word. It's a word that's used in so many different ways. And as I was saying earlier on, often in conversation it's difficult to get around to that. But we we shouldn't be ashamed to share about Jesus. Secondly, we could be ashamed of God's people. You know, often the church is criticised in so many ways, isn't it? Even when the church is doing tremendously good things. It can be marginalised and put into the corner and seen a bit as an oddball. But we can't afford to be ashamed of the church of Jesus Christ, God's people who are serving him. And then we can be ashamed, thirdly, of the actual message itself. It says in Corinthians that this gospel message about Jesus dying on the cross... And rising again from the dead seems like foolishness to the world. But for those that believe it's the power of God to salvation. So there's a, a number of people that will have a reaction. That will say that's foolishness what you're talking about. But we need to be prepared not to be ashamed of that. that because it's the truth that we're preaching. You we can't be ashamed because of the re- reaction that's going to be happening. So it can be tempting to step back and not share the gospel. Because we know that we're going to get some reactions like that. And Paul knew that difficulty for sure because he faced much suffering. In Romans one sixteen, you see though Paul's determination uh, to not shrink back. He says in Romans one sixteen, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew then for the Gentile. You see in there we see the gospel itself is God's power. See when the gospel is preached in spirit and truth. It is the power of God. It's a life-giving message. It's a message of salvation. There's nothing else like it in the world. That word gospel, as we know, it means good news. But it's God's news. It's God's news. And it's the power of God. And it isn't incredible, and I'm sure I could go around the room and we could give examples of when the simple gospel message was preached. And people have been just absolutely... Uh, struck by it and responded by it and got saved. You would often hear people like Bill and Graham talking about I'm not a very good speaker, but I would just go and often he would just go up and share a very simple message <laughs> but because God's Spirit was in it and because ultimately he was speaking the truth of God's word. There's power in that. It's the power of God to salvation, isn't it? It's a great encouragement. So when we share the truth of God's word, whatever circumstance, one to one in a small group, whatever it is God gives us opportunity, we can believe that it's his power to save people's lives that he will speak to people through it and it's the, the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes so it's a message that is open to to everyone in the world it says they're first for the Jew then for the Gentile so there's a lot of pressure in our modern society for us just to be quiet you ever feel like that? <laughs> turn on the TV screens turn on that Sunday morning program that's on heaven and earth or whatever it's called it's almost as if you can't have an opinion nowadays in fact if, you, if anyone stands up and actually puts forward a Christian truth in the Bible they're, they're absolutely knocked down for it in our society we're told just you sit there in the corner and you be quiet <laughs> I'd prefer you to be quiet but didn't they do that in the days of the early church I remember when they took the disciples in can't remember the exact details but this happened a number of times the disciples were warned Uh, not to speak about this man Jesus again and then they were flogged and they were sent out but guess what they did they continued to (laughs) preach about Jesus because it's the power of God unto salvation and they were not going to be put off by men mere men telling them to to back off now that, that must have been incredibly difficult it wasn't just going on to a program on television and somebody disagreeing with them they were beaten they were flogged they were warned within an inch of their life not to speak about Jesus but still they knew it was more important to speak about Jesus and share the gospel than it was what men were going to do to them. That's a great, that's a tremendous challenge. How would I react in that circumstance? How would we react? But in the position God's placed us, we just have that responsibility not to shrink back from that and be put into a corner and, and told to be quiet. A society doesn't want people to talk about absolute truth. We're in a society that says you believe what, what you want to believe And it's okay for you But don't you try and tell me how to live That's the kind of society we live in But it's totally contrary to what God's called us to do, isn't it? We, d- we do need to be compassionate And we do need to show God's love And remember how central that is to the Gospel You can see Paul's love for people, can't you? In the way that he speaks about people The way that he, he, he comes across You can see that in the, the words of Jesus as well so, yes, we speak with love and we speak with compassion, but we must speak the truth. Amen? We've got to speak the truth. We can't just put it away. So the challenge, I would just compare our time to, to them, is it really harder today in modern day Scotland than it was in Timothy's day? Do we have a greater challenge here today than they faced? I would suggest to you it's no, no greater challenge than it was in, in that day. The Christians were absolutely marginalised in their day. They were thrown into prison for speaking publicly. They were flogged, they were beaten, and some were killed. So the challenge, I think, for us is not to, not to shrink back from the challenge we have now. Step out, and share the good news, and see what God's going to do. We have an opportunity, a great opportunity here, to speak out for Jesus. Just, just by starting in simple ways, sharing with the people that we meet in our community day to day, in our workplace, as God gives us opportunity. Day-to-day conversations can be really powerful opportunities. And God often uses these, and this is often a way, probably all the way through time, that God has uh, brought people to himself. You know, you read about Paul going to the marketplace. How do we think they actually got to know people? He spoke to people. He chatted to people along the way, in a public place, in a place that they were just going about their business. And he preached the gospel, and God saved lives. So Paul, Paul just, I'm just going to read through these these scriptures rather than comment um, hugely on them. Paul now in verses 9-10 talks about the central uh, message of the gospel and the power that's in it. He says there in verse 9, God who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our saviour, Christ Jesus who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. It's kind of summarising what it is to be saved in a a couple of verses, isn't it? There's a lot of depth in it as well. Paul's saying that in Jesus Christ we're we're saved there, but we also now are called to live that holy life for him. He talks about God's grace, the fact that none of us deserve to be saved but that by his grace, that we, we, can, we found that. And the fundamental fight to Christ Jesus has destroyed death. There's something we need to hear today in the world today. Amen? He destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's a message for the world that God wants us to live with him forever. He died, but three days later he rose again, conquering sin and death. And there's, a, there's an opportunity for you to not only enter into relationship with God, but also to know that eternal life, know that relationship, even after we die. But then finally, there's just a challenge for our response. As Christians, as Paul says in verse 11, And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald, and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you hear from me, from me, keep it as a pattern of sound teaching, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. So, just notice there that Paul had responded to God's call in his life. He really had, hadn't he? You see that in Paul's life? He really responded to God. He really was committed, no matter what, to follow his instructions. He'd been obedient. He proclaimed Jesus. He taught the word of God faithfully, and as a result of doing, being obedient to God, he faced suffering. He said, "There, in verse twelve, that's why I'm suffering." Again, that link between serving God and actually facing trials and suffering. He reaffirms that he's not ashamed, no matter what's going to happen. He's not going, he's not going to uh, shrink back. And then he challenges Timothy, "What you have heard from me, keep it as a pattern of sound teaching." the same Timothy. See, we think back to the, what we've, we've heard about all today. Timothy's had a, a great background. He's had a lot of input into his life. There's a lot of prayer support in his life. But again, he's been challenged. Timothy, you need, to, you need to keep on keeping on. You need to not give up in the faith. What I've taught you, keep it in practice, what you've learned from me, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. He uses the word guard, that comes across here in this. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives on in us. I find that so encouraging because, you know, we were singing earlier on, um, I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. You know, God, ultimately we are in Christ as Christians. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. There's no way out we are in a sense spiritually guarded in that we're not going to lose our salvation in Jesus Christ because he's holding on to us but also there's another, there's a challenge in our lives to ensure that we're guarding what, what God's given us in this life and again like previously Timothy's been challenged here use the gift what you've learned what God has told you put it into practice that's, that's guarding guarding what's important not throwing it away and doing something else with your life guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit and praise the Lord for that that he doesn't leave us to, to do this in our own strength in fact we cannot do any of this in our own strength it's only with the help of God's Spirit who lives in us so really I would I would, I would just trust today like this, is, this message would challenge me it would challenge us but also encourage us in the same way to know that God has commissioned each one of us to get into the world and preach the gospel Whatever that might mean, and not to shrink back. And that God's given us his spirit as a strength to be able to deal with whatever's going to happen, and even in the suffering that's going to happen, as a result of some people not accepting the message and and it being quite difficult. He'll give us a strength by his spirit. And there is a there is a strong call to obedience, just that simple obedience to God's word in our lives that comes through the whole the whole of these scriptures, doesn't it? So I I just trust that you you are encouraged by it and I would just like to pray that God will help us as we we step out into this coming week. Father God, we thank you for your word to us today. We thank you that your word is challenging and it's encouraging. And we pray, Father God, for the opportunities that you would place in in our path further. First of all, we pray that we would be obedient to you, to the call which you've placed on our life. We thank you, Father, for that general call that you've given to every believer to go into the world and preach the gospel. And Father God, we thank you that you've called each one of us as Christians to be witnesses. And as well as that, you've empowered each one of us by your spirit to be a witness for you. So we pray in the name of Jesus that you would just help us in the different circumstances whether it's a family situation um, community, in the workplace or whatever it is we're, we're sharing. We pray that you'd give us the words to say in Jesus name as we would share our faith. We pray that you'd give us your love and compassion as we would reach out to other people. We pray you would even open, open opportunities for, for us here in this room Lord over this next week to be able to share with someone about Jesus and and we pray for your power to impact in people's lives I pray for those who may may be feeling discouraged at this point in time for whatever reason and just feeling like feeling like things are too difficult we just pray Father God that just as you did in uh, the life of Timothy and as you're you're doing in your word tonight we just pray that you would strengthen us, that you'll, you'll give us your strength Father God I thank you for the gifts represented in this room. We know, Father God, that the gifts represented in this room can have a massive impact on the community around about us and our friends and families because it's your power to work amongst us. So I just pray, Father God, that you'll help each one in Jesus' name. We pray in particular, Lord God, that in this society where so often uh, your word is just put to the side And people are told to be quiet. We pray that you give us that boldness not to be ashamed. To be able to be who you've called us to be in this society. And we do pray for our country Lord God. And we pray that you would move this country to a place that is actually in line with your word. Instead of one that's going the wrong direction Lord. And we pray you would help your people in various ways to speak out for the truth. We thank you for the church here in your beginnings. We thank you for every person represented in it, Lord God, and we pray your blessing in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.